0: And it's just a thrill to see um, this uh, team come together um, and uh, from a number of churches that, are, as, as Rick said, are scattered around the Midwest here. We have a consortium of churches who are all engaged in ministry in Indonesia, uh, working closely with an a, a indigenous uh, church planning organization there uh, that's uh, very effectively planting churches among Muslims. And uh, the part that this team is going to play to come alongside those church planners to really encourage them by a retreat they're going to do. Uh, to help with some English teaching, to so do some teaching at a, one of the uh, uh, Bible school training centers we've established there uh, is a big, uh, big help. And um, next year we're gonna, we're hoping we'll see more from this church come out to there. So uh, I'm just warning you, uh, God may be calling some of the rest of you to join this uh, team like this. You know, um, you want to put up my slides, that would be helpful here this morning. And... Uh, <clears throat> It's just really good to be here. Um, as, as Rick said, I, I, my role with uh, Reach Global is one of real mobilization, of really working with churches and helping them uh, see the part that they can play in really uh, making a difference for Jesus around the world. Um, and I lead a team of, of about eight or nine of us who represent different regions of the world where Reach Global, the mission arm of the Evangelical Free Church, uh, uh, serves. We have about 550 missionaries around the world uh, plus, many national movements that we partner with, and and so I, I, but I'm still really passionate about the local church, and I really see the local church's responsibility is to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth, and um, and that responsibility has been given to you, and um, um, you have a special part to play in that in the the, the regions and areas of influence that your church has. Um, <clears throat> uh, next slide, please. Here. Um, um, this uh, picture here is um, of a, a woman that I met when I was in, in Indonesia. I had a team of uh, people from Indonesia, or from America here, from pastors and leaders that were here. and uh, This woman, I don't know how well you can see this, but she's, she's a brick maker. Um, and I was uh, with this team. We stopped along the side of this road, and this uh, this whole road was full of these little shacks. And every one of them, they were making bricks and we were kind of intrigued by that. I never saw a brick maker before. And so we got out of the car and we went up to this woman and began to ask her, what are you doing? She said, well, we're making bricks. And I, I said, well, I never made bricks before. Can you show us how? And so we all got a chance to build and make some bricks out of mud and straw. And it was kind of fascinating. Well, as we got talking with her, uh, we began to ask her a few questions and she began to pour her heart out to us, kind of a share her life story about how her husband had died was left with these two teenage boys that didn't obey her, and uh, she was she was just in hard times, and and she was kind of just laying that out before us, and and I said to her, I said, you know, we don't have anything to give to you really, but but we can we just pray for you, um, and so we prayed for her, and one of the pastors prayed and closed the prayer in the name of Isa, the name of Jesus, and then I said to her, I said, have you ever heard this name of Isa before, and Isa is a prophet in Islam, so. Uh, it's really one of the second highest prophet in Islam, actually. But she'd never heard of Isa before. She didn't know who, who this Jesus was. And so then we went on to explain to her about what Jesus came to do, how oh, he died on the cross, how oh, he made a way possible that we might have a relationship with him that would give us purpose and, and, and meaning and value in life. And, you know, as we were praying earlier, and as we prayed in the name of Jesus for the things that she was struggling through, tears began to flow down her cheek and she was crying. She was crying. And after we explained who this Jesus was, she says, From now on, I'm going to pray in the name of Isa. The rest of that trip with these leaders, we traveled around to other villages, Muslim villages, and we thought, How many more people are like this brickmaker who've never heard the name of Jesus before? People like that all around the world, not only in Indonesia. But I think there's people like that right here in America that really don't know this Jesus. Some have maybe not even heard who this Jesus is, except maybe as a swear word. Saddens my heart. And you say, you know what? We've been given this this awesome responsibility to bring this good news to people who don't know Jesus. And we have to figure out, every generation has to figure out, how are we going to bring the gospel to our generation so today I would, like to, I would like to talk a little bit about what that looks like and look at some of the cha- changes and challenges and choices uh, that we face today in reaching our world for Jesus. In Romans 10, <clears throat> next slide please, <clears throat> in Romans 10 uh, we look at a pa- passage here um, and I'd like to read that with you here this morning. It says, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, the same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. You know, I look at this passage and I see right away, the gospel's for everybody, The gospel's for everybody, for Jew, for Greek, for Gentile, for everybody. And yet, some people think the gospel has changed, but it hasn't. The gospel has not changed. Next slide, please. We must understand the gospel's not changed. In this passage, we see that the gospel's for everybody, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord is going to be saved. See, Jesus went to the cross, and he died on our behalf because because we're sinners. We've done things that have dishonored and hurt God. And we needed, we needed a way back to God. And so Jesus, Jesus went to the cross and paid that penalty for us so that we might have a personal relationship with him. You know, maybe our methods of sharing the gospel might, might be changing, but the gospel has not changed. We have to figure out new ways so that the gospel does communicate well to people. You got the skate park out here. That's a way to connect with the youth of this community. But that's a means of getting the gospel to them. You got the cafe that I've been hearing about. You know, that's another place that the gospel can get to kids in this community. I, I hear about this what's this thing called again? RSI circle here. You guys are praying for people, praying for people to be saved. Another way to get the gospel to people. But the gospel's not changed. Our methods might change, and you know, if the church if the church quits uh, bringing the gospel to people around our communities and around the world, we're going to miss out. We're missing out on an amazing blessing that God has for us. We're missing out on on the call of God on our on our lives as a church. And as we do that, our church is going to shrivel up and die if we don't have that as a cutting edge. Last night I talked about how. The fuel of missions is the worship of God. So it starts, it starts with our passion for Jesus Christ, our deep love and, 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 and desire to lift him up because we love him so much. And as we fall in love with him like that, that's, that's when we're gonna bubble over to others about Jesus. So I encourage you, church, don't 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 allow that 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 passion for missions to die. Missions is more than about a, a weekend emphasis like this. It's ongoing in our everyday lives of taking opportunities to share Jesus with people all around us and all around the world. Next slide, please. Back in 1960, there's me. I Have a little more hair now, but I'm starting to lose that too. <laughs> Uh, things have changed. Our world has changed. And you look at today and uh, I got a family of uh, three beautiful daughters, my wife Barb. Um, my daughters are uh, 20, uh, 19, and 19. And, and uh, my wife and I, we live in Menominee, Wisconsin. A uh, great place to live. And, and, uh, but we never expected we'd be living there. Uh, God had different things in mind for us. And, we, and God's moved us to different places that we never expected. God might do that for you. But you know, our world has changed. If you look back, next slide, please. If you look back, um, uh, and you look back in 1960, the world was pretty big then. Uh, it took a lot to get to the other side of the world. Get on a plane was a big deal. Um, the cost of transportation was high, and, and transportation was slow. We had limited technology. Uh, people were pretty isolated. A lot of people live in the rural uh, parts of the world. But That's changing today. It changed greatly. The world has become very small. We can get anywhere in the world today in, in less than 24 hours. doesn't cost that much. though so gas prices are causing little problems here for that. But, you know, we can do that. Uh, the ease of transportation is just amazing. Limited technology before, but now advanced technology. I mean, we've all got our cell phones and, and, and iPods and, and, you know, all these different things. I can't keep up with it all. And, and uh, the, inter- the Internet. You know, uh, today, one-tenth of the world's population is using Facebook one-tenth of the world's population. That's incredible. And you know, there's a ministry that, we, that Reach Global has been partnering with, uh, just beginning to explore what that looks like for some work we're doing in the Middle East. And they have, it's, it's an organization called Global Media Outreach. And if you go online, you can, you can see um, where, where they get hits from people all around the world who are interested in, in spiritual things about Jesus. And then it changes a different color when they make a decision for Christ. And you know what? People like you, each one of you are involved in helping that happen because through translation tools that are on the internet, they're able to uh, share, the, people like you can share the gospel via the internet through this organization and disciple these new believers in, in their faith. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Who would have thought even just 10, 15, 20 years ago that this would be possible? But you can have input, influence on someone in Pakistan and Indonesia and China uh, right here from, from central Illinois. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty cool. Well, um, also, you look at the world how it's changed, the globalization of the world, move, movement from the, urban areas to the, the rural areas to the urban areas. There's, there are just these gigantic cities all around the world, many cities with, with millions and millions of people in. How are we going to reach the big cities? We have to figure that out. New methods for, for, for the new, new days that are before us. Next slide. You look at uh, changes in the world population. Uh, in 1960, there were 3 billion people on the earth. Uh, today, uh, six point eight billion pushing up to seven billion people every year seventy eight million people are are born. Um, one half of the people who ever lived in human history are alive today. one half that's half the potential of, of of the population of heaven or hell. sadly, there's a lot of people like that brick maker who still haven't heard about Jesus. You know, you look at all these changes going on, and you think, wow, it's just it's too much. I can't handle it. You know, some of you who have a little grayer hair than I do, you've seen more change in my life than, or, or in your life than you have in mine. And and things are changing so fast and you think, oh, how are we ever gonna keep up? But really, these these changes are really bring incredible opportunity for us to see the gospel advance to these places around the world. Next slide, please. Um you look at the, world, the, the church today, incredible growth worldwide. Um, you get places like Latin America, home to 50 million evangelical believers, uh, a place like South Korea, one-third of South Korea are Christians, one-third. Just back in the, in the, in the late 40s, early 50s, there was hardly any Christians in, in Korea. And boom, it's just exploded. The largest churches in the world are in Korea. Sub-Saharan Africa, over half, half of Sub-Saharan Af- Africa call themselves Christians in china today there's between 54 and 130 million believers in china incredible there are pl- people embracing christ in some of the re- remote and hardest places in the world places like afghanistan iraq pakistan north korea it's 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 incredible the church is growing but you know if you look at the church in america we aren't growing we aren't growing we're pre- we're staying pretty steady pretty steady. And the, the mainline churches that are, have quit preaching the scriptures, quit preaching the truth of the scriptures, they're shriveling up and dying. So that tells us something. It tells us that we have our work cut out for us here. That maybe we aren't shining for Jesus as we ought to. Good news worldwide. Even, the evangelical Christians are growing. Uh, it's still the, the growth is happening in the evangelical world. But the percentage of Christians worldwide really is not changing a whole lot. Just kind of being moved around. But places like in Asia and Africa where the church is growing, phenomenal things are happening. And it's exciting to, to be a part of that. One of the changes we've seen, next slide please, is that the global Christian uh, workforce has really changed greatly. Uh, years ago we'd sent out missionaries that would go to different parts of the world where there really wasn't much of a church. But now they've established churches in those places and those churches are matured and growing. And so there's a new role that the North American missionaries is playing now, of really coming alongside those national movements and, and figuring out how to help and uh, help them do what they do even better, because they know the culture, they understand how to do ministry in their own context. And so we as the North American missionaries are learning a new role, and you as a North American church also have a new role in helping the, the, the church grow worldwide. You know, you look at the, the, the global Christian workforce. In Nigeria, for example, the Evangelical Mission Association of Nigeria uh, has sent out 5,200 missionaries. They have a goal in the next, uh, by the year 2020, to send out 50,000 missionaries just out of Nigeria. Wow. Wouldn't that be cool? We know how to pray for that, that group of evangelical believers in Nigeria, that they'd have that kind of impact. The U.S still is the largest missionary sending force, but you know what? Korea is right behind us. Korea sends out 13,000 missionaries. Uh, it's the second largest missionary force in, in the world. And you know what? You know where they're sending them, some of them? those missionaries? To America. Bring them on. We need them. Our staff, our reach global staff in China are working with uh, some different people in the house church movements there and some other movements and one that's called the Back to Jerusalem Movement. And uh, that's a vision that God has given leaders in China to bring the gospel back from where it came. Because uh, the gospel came through the Middle East, across the, uh, the silk trade routes into China years and years ago. And now God says, no, now you need to bring it back. Bring it back through all those Muslim lands and, and, and bring those Muslims to faith in Christ all the way back to Jerusalem. It's exciting. It's really exciting to see this all going on. And we're a part of it. Wow. Anyways, you go on. And the other thing we, we found that we, we need to engage in healthy partnerships with these, these emerging churches around the world. And it's about mutuality. It's not about us uh, being the leaders in it. It's about really being, having mutual partnerships with them. You know, some people think um, that uh, um, that we maybe don't need to send missionaries anymore. But I don't think that's true. Because biblically, You look at the scriptures, and every church has got the responsibility to send. Even this passage we're looking at today, we need to send workers. There's places to send workers, so it doesn't mean we shouldn't send them. But we're seeing this new era of of coming alongside where we're no longer leaders in it, but we're partners. Tim Addington, our executive director, uh, writes these words when he he speaks about this idea of partnership and whether or not we ought to keep sending missionaries or not. He says, "In in years past, the West often had a paternalistic attitude towards missions. We had the we had the money, we had the education, we had the experts. Too often we carried the attitude uh, with us rather than, um, I'm sorry, too often we carried that attitude with us rather than developing and empowering and releasing indigenous personnel. Now some would compound that error with an equal error. Western missionaries are not needed, so we will just fund local ministries locally or globally. Neither of these answers is biblical. It's not an either-or dichotomy, but a both-and. The missions mandate Christ left the church will only be met when all believers, those from the majority world and those from the minority world, join hands together uh, to share the gospel with the over five billion people who don't know Christ. Another change that's going on in missions today, you can change the slide, please, is uh, a change in Motivation. Um, as I go about and, and interact with people and talk to people in and, and churches and talking to college kids and others, I see there's a real shift. Uh, um, years, uh, number, just a number of years ago, the real driving factor was we need to be obedient. We need to be obedient to the, what the gospel or what the scriptures say. And not that we shouldn't be obedient, but you know what's really driving young people today? They want their life to count for something. They want, they want to be involved in something really important that's valuable. And they want to be hands-on involvement. You know, we, we used to be really good at just kind of sending money and praying. And, but now people want to be involved hands-on. Hence, we're sending teams, more teams than you ever can imagine. So that's, that's really the driving force. And so we have to figure out how do we, how do we captivate that? How do, how do we gather that driving force and, and really send young people out and old people out too? Another new um, challenge, or, or not a new challenge, but some changes in terms of motivation that is going on is we're recognizing the value of ministering holistically to people. A number of years ago, there was kind of a division between the more mainline churches and the evangelicals, and the evangelical says, well, we can't do social ministries, can't give the, the cup of cold water because we might compromise the gospel. And so there was this kind of division, and so the mainline churches continued to pick up a lot of those kind of social-type ministries, and the evangelicals over here just said, well, we just got to preach the gospel, just preach the gospel. And you know, I don't know about you, but when I read my Bible and when I look at Jesus, he ministered holistically. And so we've been seeing a coming back together of that, those ideas, and more and more of engaging in, in more what we call holistic ministries. Reach Global has got a whole a division called Touch Global uh, that's really helping our whole movement figure out how to minister in a holistic way in, in, in feeding the poor and helping those with AIDS and, and, and uh, uh, giving cups of cold water and drilling wells and, and uh, uh, teaching English and a whole variety of different things. Not losing sight of the gospel and being able to share the gospel in the context, but that's the way Jesus did it. Another thing that we see happening is there's changes in strategy. Uh, churches are shifting from supporting missionaries um, and, and just praying for them and, and scattered all over the world. You know, some churches just love to have a whole board filled with their little dots of all the places they're involved in ministry. But now churches are saying, no, we want to have a little more uh, involvement and, and a little more focus. And so they're choosing areas of the world or certain people groups and focusing in on those areas. And just talking with your church here, I understand you have a, a strong focus on Muslim ministry around the world, both in the Middle East and in Indonesia. And that's exciting. Because as you guys get to know more about doing ministry to Muslims, you'll, you'll become better at it, rather than be so scattered and not having much ownership. There's a church in Lancaster, California that I've worked with, and that church formed, actually I should say reformed, uh, with the whole vision of reaching a certain unreached people group in China called the Zhuang people. And their whole mission statement has, has the, uh, we exist to reach the Zhuang people. Um, it's an amazing kind of. It's a little church, you know, seventy-five, eighty people. Now they're sending their pastor, their, their lead pastor, their only pastor, to go live among the Zhuang people. It's incredible. So I, I don't know when you're going to send Joel, but you may be sending him soon. So, oh, <laughs> I'll send him again. <laughs> also, next slide, please. Uh, we're facing a lot of challenges in the world today, when we look at the world and, and all the things that are going on, we read the news, we hear all the unrest going on in the Middle East, we we hear of tsunamis and earthquakes and, and uh, all, you know, problems with poverty and, and uh, we've heard some stories today about the, even the issues in Peoria with the, with the low-income families and the unwed mothers and and the list goes on and on of all the different things that are going on in our world today and, and we could even look at those as challenges or as opportunities. You know, we really are in a, in a spiritual battle, and all the stuff that we see going on physically around us—those are just visible signs of that battle. We're fighting for the men, soul, or the souls of men and women and children, and that shows up in all these different ways. So don't be afraid of these things that come along. When you hear of riots in in uh, in the Middle East or. In Madison, Wisconsin, Uh, don't be afraid of those things. (laughs) Those are are opportunities to be there in among those people to share the gospel. When all the unrest happened in Egypt, our staff and our partners there said, we aren't gonna leave there, this is the best time. We have all these opportunities to communicate the gospel to people who are kind of hurting right now. So look at those as opportunities, not challenges. You know, you look at our text here, you know, I'm not spending a lot of time in here, but you look at verse in verse uh, 14 and 15, and he asks a series of questions. He says here, how can they call on the one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they are sent? And the obvious answer to this is that they cannot. They cannot. But, you know, really, to put it another way, all the people in the world cannot call on the name of the Lord to be saved if they don't have anybody going there to preach to them. And that's the challenge we face today. Next slide. You look at our world today, and um, uh, there's many areas in the world that still don't have the gospel. They still don't have a church in their own midst. Uh, you look at this whole term of unreached people groups and, and what they call the 1040 window. It's an area of the world from 10 degrees north to 40 degrees north of the equator from east Af- or West Africa, all the way to the end of Indonesia. And these are areas of the world where the most of the world's population lives, and in many of those places, there's no uh, church that is among their own people group and their own language. You know, these past um, number of years, past 30 years or so, missiologists have been uh, uh, working uh, to truly really help us identify more clearly what all these people groups are all about. And this idea, this word ethne, uh, when it, you read your word nations in the Bible, that really comes from a Greek word called ethne, which means uh, comes where our word, uh, ethnic, comes from, so distinct people groups. And that's been able really for, to help us really identify uh, specific groups of people that still don't have the gospel. There's, some people say there's anywhere between 8 to, uh, or I should say six to 10,000 unreached people groups. It depends how you define them. But there's a lot of them, okay? And every one of those people groups is gonna require a, a, a new team of, uh, of missionaries to go and work among them. And that team may come out of this church even. And that's, 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 that's a real challenge as we think about how we're going to mobilize the church to reach these unreached people groups, especially when only about 3% of the missionaries that are being sent now are working among unreached peoples. Uh, there's an imbalance here, folks, and we need to put more of our resources to work among un, the unreached. 95% of our U.S. dollars, that we, the church's U.S. dollars, uh, goes to support domestic ministries and not work among the unreached people groups. So as you think about budgets and as you think about where you're supporting people, think about some of these imbalances. And if your church doesn't step up, what church will? You look at the world's religions today, Islam and Hinduism and Buddhists, uh, major groups of people that uh, don't have the gospel. Islam, for example, um, big chunks of the area of the world are are Muslim, Muslim. But you know, exciting thing—we're seeing more Muslims come to faith in Christ than any time in history. It's it's, it's an exciting time to be ministering to Muslims. Our ministry, as we were involved in ministry in Malaysia, was among Muslims. First, got there, things were really slow, but in these last number th- three, four years, we're hearing story after story of Muslims coming to faith in Jesus. You know, Muslims also have an agenda in America. I don't know where the closest mosque is, but it could be Peoria's got a mosque. Uh, their, their goal is to win America uh, to their faith. Their strategy is to build mosques and, and uh, Islamic centers all around the world and invite people into events like we had last night, little family activities, and s- explain to them about things of Islam and, and invite people to follow that faith. You know, Christianity and Islam, uh, they both are evangelistic in nature. And when we're fighting for the same people's souls, we're going to run into each other. So well, the question is, do you know how to share your faith with a Muslim? You know how to love them? Um, so often we think we're going to have this confrontation. We think they're all terrorists. But you know what? It doesn't matter if they're terrorists or not. They still need Jesus. And we have the message of Jesus to bring to them. So despite all these challenges and all the things that the worldwide church is facing, uh, we have a good news. We know what the end of the story is. In Revelation seven nine, he says, God tells us there's going to be people from every nation, tribe, and tongue standing before the Lord, worshiping Him. Hallelujah! Wow! But you know what? What? He's invited us to be a part of that process of inviting others to be a part of that big celebration. So we have choices to make. Next slide. We have choices to make as individuals. We have choices to make as a church. In this passage in Romans 10, it talks about how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Are your feet beautiful? You know, every day, every day, we bend down and we put on our shoes, don't we? And I want to ask you, every day when you put on your shoes, look at your feet and say, Are my feet going to be beautiful today? Or when you take your shoes off at night, say, Were my feet beautiful today? Because I was sharing the good news of Jesus. With my neighbor, with my friend, with my family member, I was involved in praying for missionaries. I was, I was doing things to make my life count. Boy, Jesus is looking for beautiful people with beautiful feet. Hope your feet are beautiful. You know, next slide, please. When we look at people all around the world, we look at people in our own neighborhood. I don't know about you, but my heart aches for them. On on your left uh, are some pictures of my neighbors, uh, Scott and Laura Short, uh, Frank and, and Barbara uh, across the street from us. And my heart just breaks for them because they don't really know Jesus. They think they do. A couple, of them, some of them do. They go to church, but it's not a. They don't really know what what the Bible's all about. My heart just breaks for them. But my heart also breaks for pe- people on your, my right. The picture's on the right there. These unreached people groups. And each of us. Each of us know those neighbors that don't know Jesus. You've heard about these unreached people groups. My challenge to you is, what are we gonna do about it? What are we gonna do about bringing the gospel to them? You know, God's heart just aches. He wants those people to come into relationship with him. And he's chosen to use us. Us with hopefully beautiful feet to declare that message. This passage here that we're looking at today talks about the role of the church in sending. You guys are sending out a team here that's gonna go to Indonesia. They're gonna be there a few weeks. I applaud that with... Just excited about that, but who else might God be sending out of this congregation? Doesn't have to be to Indonesia. It could be just to the neighbor down the road. Could be the, to the to the uh, person you work with, or it could be down to Peoria or to, to Great Oaks uh, Camp, or a uh, whole bunch of different places and ways you could do it. And you know, it goes back to what I was talking about last night. It's not about uh, it's how, how much do you really love God? Is your love for God so, so, so great that you just want to bubble over? Or are we just kind of wrapped up into our own self, and our own things, and not caring about those who don't know Jesus? You know, next slide, please. We have choices to make. This picture shows a number of different people. Uh, the couple on your left is a couple that I work with right now. They're they're. Uh, um, uh, it says the video won't work. Look at that. That's too bad. <laughs> um, back to this other slide in the picture here. This, this couple, Nick and Chris, uh, they're they're finisher type people. They've been through a career and now they serve with Reach Global and they're helping to mobilize churches just like I do. And they travel around the U.S. and they are helping to call churches into ministry. Uh, the couple on the on the right in this picture Tony and Lori Thompson young couple used to be a pastor in a free church in Malacca Minnesota and now they they are in in Indonesia working as part of our staff uh, the two people in the middle Stephen Chandra and, and Hoy, are two Asian Nationals that we work very closely with one in Vietnam and one in Indonesia and and elsewhere around Asia and and God's worked with them this youth group here this is a youth group we sent from uh, from a College uh, uh, to Brazil recently. Um, The list goes on and on. The next picture that could be up there could be yours. Whether that means to be going with us and reach global, and we certainly have opportunities for people like you to serve, but it could be just right here in your own community. So did the video not work? Is that what you're telling me? Okay. I had a great video for you. Could act it out, but that's the way it goes. (laughs) I'm not a big actor. But you know this video, what the video does is it really calls us and says, you know, um, um, the needs are great out there. You look at the, 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 the challenges and, and, and things that are happening in the world, and uh, yet God is still calling people to go. And that's my, that's my call to you. Will your church be that sending church we are going to send workers into that harvest field? We're going to send those preachers there. You guys are doing a great job. I look at your missionary board, the things you're already doing. But boy, I believe you could do more. I really do believe you could do more. And I want to ask you as church leaders, are you praying over your congregation as leaders in Acts 13, the, the church in Antioch, and say, Holy Spirit, show us who should be set apart for the work of the ministry? because I believe there's people in this very congregation uh, who should be sent out. I know you support a number of different people. I was talking to Cindy this morning. I said, are there any that have been really kind of homegrown missionaries that you've sent out? And she said, no. Now, I know some of you uh, have been a part of this church and you do some local ministry, uh, but you're really raising up your own homegrown missionaries. You young people that are here today. Is God calling you to be involved in missions? You know, missionaries are not just uh, people that stand up here in funny clothes <laughs> missionaries are not uh, 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 many of them are, are have degrees in other types of, of other areas, engineers and teachers and and accountants and and we can use all of you in missions, even in the in the training you get in a, in a university setting. Um, what's your name? Yes, Jocelyn. I was talking to Jocelyn last night. And she was sharing with me about this little Bible study she's got going on in the grade school. Pretty cool. She sets a, a great example for us about how she's out sharing her faith with her friends and taking the initiative and doing something, to, you know, going to her school and starting a little Bible study before school starts in the morning. Wow, why can't I go do that at my workplace or in my neighborhood? I don't have a little Bible study in my neighborhood. She's got that happening. It's just a, it just challenges me, shows me the need that we need to be sending our own, sending our own to reach those who don't know Jesus. So I invite you right now, invite you to uh, to pray with me. Say, and as we're praying, to say, God, what is it, what's my part in this? And I don't want you to be feel guilty about this, because guilt is the worst motivation. I want you to be so passionately in love with Jesus. Says, oh, we got to do something here. got to make our life count for Him. Let's pray. Father God, I invite you right now to, to search our hearts. You know each of us very well. You know right now how close each of us are to you and just how deeply you long for us to just be so in love with you that we just bubble over uh, with with joy to others about who you are. God, I invite you right now to, to speak to our hearts, please. Speak to each one of us and say, God, who is it in our neighborhood? Who is it in our workplace is in our family that we ought to be talking to you or talking to them about you. And Lord, I pray for this church, Chile Bible Church. God, Continue to use them as you have in, in reaching not only their community but to the rest of the world. Thank you for their interest and their passion to reach Muslims around the world and how they've been able to support and send out various missionaries in different places. Could continue to use them to raise up Raise up their very own to be sent out. Lord, I pray that you would show us, show the leaders of this church who those people might be that should be sent out. That we have a a world around us full of hurt, full of things that are going on. They're just you know tsunamis and earthquakes and wars and protests and and uh, you know you name it. It's there. And yet you've given us this marvelous message, this marvelous message of salvation. And so God, use us, send us. Help us to follow you in declaring that good news of Jesus Christ to a hurting world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.